0: You're listening to the What Do You Actually Do podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview, a useful tip, or encouraging message to help you find your place in the professional world. Just a quick note to add that this interview was recorded before the global pandemic. Hello, and welcome to this episode of What Do You Actually Do? My name's Kate Morris, and I'll be your host today. In today's episode, we'll be talking about working in the tech sector. And today, we're joined by Harpal Sahota, who's a data scientist at Magic Lab. So Harpal, what do you actually do?
1: Good question. Um, So I'm a data scientist at Magic Lab, like you said. Um, So my job there is really to um, take the company's data and derive kind of insights from that, which which the company can then act upon, and to help drive user experience, improve revenue and things like that. That's kind of my day-to-day job role there in a nutshell.
0: So Magic Lab, I had a look at their website. My understanding was they seem to develop apps for other people. Is that right?
1: So they're in the dating sector. Yeah, I was like, there's all dating stuff on here. So Magic Labs is a top-level group, kind of the group level. So beneath that are four apps. You've probably had the two of them, Badoo and Bumble. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so we also have Chappie Lumen. So these apps kind of target different kind of markets and sectors, global cultures as well, um, depending on people who use them.
0: So why do they need the data then? What are are they sort of using it for?
1: So we can help kind of match people together based on similar interests, but also around, we have a key priority around user, user safety. And so we kind of detect abusive or rude users by basically what they write in, the, in their profiles. We also can detect um, kind of um, hate symbols and weapons and images as well, because we don't want u- users to see that. We don't want to be affiliated with that as well. Mm-hmm. So we kind of want to remove those images from profiles, essentially.
0: So do you write software to detect those things?
1: Yeah, so we use um, kind of AI machine learning mm-hmm. to write develop models to help us detect these profiles and either, either give them a warning or ban them completely. Okay. Essentially.
0: So, what's the key elements of your role then? If your objective is to kind of provide the company with this user data, what are you sort of doing on a sort of day to day basis?
1: So, the company provides us with the data. Right. And so, we then take that data and then train models to kind of find signals in that data, which can identify rude profiles or non rude profiles, essentially, help flag them up. So, basically, in that instance, a day to day role would be getting the data, cleaning it, because that's the big ad- big aspect of the role, and then training a model to help predict for a given data that we have, given targets.
0: And do you then have to present that data back to your employers? Do you have to sort of think of ways to make yes. it understandable? The
1: employers always want an ROI, basically, return on investment. Yeah. And so if you can prove that we can, and we can show that we can add value to the company, that's a huge win for us. So, yeah, that, that's that's a key, key element of the role as well because they're not interested in a model that doesn't add value to the business Mm. essentially so we always have to prove that the model that we're building is adding value to the business
0: okay what was your starting point and where did your interest in data science come from
1: computer science kind of built my programming programming skills up and then that kind of got me into the data science field as well that kind of was kind of my foot half my foot in the door through that aspect and then when i heard about it i really liked about it we Mm. liked what i heard and i just decided once to get into that field so kind of tailored my career into getting into that field
0: you did a phd in computational biology was that with a view to getting into data science in the future or did doing your phd help you decide what you wanted to do
1: unfortunately a lot of roles require a phd for right. data science but that's changing now okay um, people are showing that you don't need a phd to be a data scientist but people a lot of companies use it as a filter essentially mm. because they get overwhelmed by applicants um, but you don't need a phd but as long as you have good programming skills and good kind of math skills as well you will have a good shot of becoming a data scientist but for me back then it was a conscious choice to get into data science because all the, job rep- uh, all the jobs required a PhD essentially.
0: Okay so you had your yeah. eyes on the prize. That's all planned <laughs> out from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've mentioned you need to obviously have those analytical skills mm-hmm. you need to be able to explain the return on investment mm-hmm. to your colleagues what other skills or personal qualities would you say you need to have to be, kind of not just successful but happy as a data scientist? Happy.
1: Um I think. In terms of personality, wise,
0: whatever you feel, kind of, what's a good fit for it?
1: For a data science, for a data scientist, yeah. Um, I think you need to be methodical, um, mm. because if you make a mistake, that's on you, and you will be accountable and have responsible. Especially, for example, if you're building a model that, try, that tries to detect cancer in patients, for example, if your model is wrong and you're predicting a patient has cancer, that's a lot of stress from the patient, right? Mm-hmm. So you need, to, you need to kind of take responsibility, be methodical and be accurate and make, and make sure you're aware of what you're doing and know the in, in, ins and outs of everything you're doing.
0: So that real high attention to detail, exactly. But it sounds like integrity as well, then, because Absolutely, yeah. I guess you kind of feel like, oh no, I've yeah. realised there's this error, but actually I can cover yeah, it exactly. up, because I don't want to start I mean, you, again. You can't
1: fudge the results because you will get caught out eventually. Because the, the, the when you kind of when 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 the model is used by the company, it doesn't match what you're saying it does. Yeah. You're going to get caught out, so you need to have that integrity there as well. You need to be honest. Yeah. Honestly honesty is the best policy. Well, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> especially in the dating game. Absolutely. <laughs> is there anything else that you feel, um, is it quite like a high-pressure job? Um, is it something where you're doing long hours? What's the sort of lifestyle? Um, like? It's yeah. a bit of
1: both, really. It can be quite high-pressure job because you're dealing, with, you're dealing with very senior stakeholders in projects. You can, sometimes you even deal with board members as well. So you need to kind of have that integrity to say, I disagree with you as well, essentially. So you need to be kind of not egotistical but confident in what you're saying and what mm. you're doing. So confidence is a key aspect as well. I'll you straight.
0: And would you say you had that coming in because of your experiences on the PhD or was that something that came more as you got into the role? I think the
1: PhD definitely helped develop those skills because um, in a PhD you're giving presentations, people kind of t- try to disagree with you about your work, but then you have to mm. kind of defend it as well. So you kind of develop those skills naturally by doing a PhD. So that, that definitely did help.
0: Absolutely. Okay. And what about work experience-wise? Because you you work at Magic Lab, but you've worked in a mm-hmm. few, for a d- few different organisations. Yeah. What was your sort of first job? How did you secure that?
1: So once I finished my PhD, um, I decided to apply for some data science roles. I um, wasn't really getting anywhere um, because... Companies are inundated with hmm. applicants. So I kind of went through a recruiter okay, and helped me get a land role in my first job, which was in re- recruitment. So
0: so it was a recruitment agency who yeah. specialised in yes, exactly. data science stuff. Exactly, yeah. But then you're saying you ended up working for that recruitment agency. No, no.
1: So I worked for a company that helps re- recruiters. Ah, uh, right. So, I see. Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, what would you say you really love about the job what's the best bit of it and what's the kind of the worst bit of it?
1: the best bit is definitely building the models seeing seeing the model actually learning something from the data and <clears throat> showing that it can actually make predictions and accurate predictions that's the best bit because you know your model's working and show that we can add value to the company which proves your own worth as well mm. in a sense and so the, the worst part is sometimes getting the data because it can be very difficult and sometimes there's not enough of it um, but the worst of the worst is cleaning of the data it's such a tedious and painful really? process Absolutely, yeah. We spend around about 80% of the time cleaning data and 20% of the time building models.
0: So what does that mean, cleaning the data?
1: So for example, say in real estate, um, estate agents can upload a listing, mm. a listing data, but they might they may leave out the number of bedrooms, they may leave out what type of property it is, is it a house or a flat, for example. So the data field is missing, mm. so you have to clean that data, either go to the original listing trying to work out if it's a flat or a, or a house, or try to work how many bedrooms there are. So you have to clean the data in that sense. So then you also have to make a, a conscious decision. Do you remove that data point mm. or do you try to fill it up or kind of manipulate it as well?
0: So there's a lot of kind of problem solving yeah, exactly, as well yeah. as then you're having to research yeah. that information. Yes, yeah,
1: so there's a lot of little problems that come together to, yeah. to solve one big problem essentially.
0: And again, I guess in terms of temperament, not kind of freaking out when that yeah. happens, just being able to be flexible and adaptable. Exactly, yeah.
1: So you, have to, you definitely have to be adaptable. Like Things will go wrong and you have to figure out why and when when they do go wrong speak to the people who know best how to solve it and if you can't solve it then try to figure out how you can if you can't then you need to move on and do something else
0: okay essentially and you've got is it one or two blogs that you've got
1: i've got two blogs so
0: so did you start those kind of back in the day when you were thinking i want to go into data science and this is a useful thing to do or is that a more recent activity um that
1: was back in the day to kind of Put my foot in the door in the data, mm. data science field because I, need, I needed something that differentiated me, differentiated me from other applicants, and that was a big hit with um, companies because they see that I'm active in the field. Yeah, and contributing as well. So that was a big hit with employers. But
0: you still write on there, don't you? I do. Yeah. So is that because you just really enjoy the visualizations? Exactly. so, yeah. So,
1: uh, yeah so, so, a key aspect of data science is also data visualization, and mm. that's what I do on my on my blog. Um, it's also a way of showing data in a a unique and different way which I enjoy doing I think that's really important because otherwise you can get stuck just showing bar graphs and circle plots and it can get really boring so yeah
0: so it sounds like it's a really interesting area to work in. It's mm-hmm. highly competitive. There's lots yep. of people going for it. Having the PhD was a standard that mm-hmm. might be shifting, but you've still got to differentiate. Yeah. So doing things like blogging, maybe trying to get some work exactly. experience, you've got to stand out from the crowd in some way.
1: Absolutely. Like I would recommend attending meetups and networking is absolutely really important as well. Like The more meetups you go to, the more people you speak to. And they start to recognize you and you start talking about roles and they may, they may offer you roles somewhere else. They may know someone who can help you out. Data science field is very small. Like if you know somebody, they'll know somebody that you know somebody you need to mm. speak to. And so networking is probably one of the key aspects there.
0: So how would someone find out about these meetups then?
1: Just go to meetup.com or okay. .uk and search for data science meetups in your local area. And there's bound to be plenty around.
0: And anyone can mm. go to those? They're
1: all free to go to. Oh, that's really so, cool. Yeah.
0: All yep. right. We'll put details of that yep. on our website. Um, just thinking ahead for any students or recent grads who want to sort of break into the sector. Mm-hmm. What do you think the key challenge will be for data science or the tech centre in in general uh, over the next few years?
1: I think that um, what what is really going to be important in the future is data ethics. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. at the minute, our models can be quite biased in mm. the sense that. Um, Models can sometimes sometimes predict gender when they shouldn't predict gender. So, so gender can be a big bias in our models. We try to remove gender from models. So data ethics is going to become really important in the future. So if you want to become an, a data scientist, trying to learn about data data ethics kind of future proofs yourself as well. Okay. That's what I recommend learning about. Okay,
0: that sounds really interesting. And I guess with the kind of constant craziness and changes that are happening mm-hmm. in the world all the time, again, that ethics and integrity, being able to sort of show that you've got those kind of qualities and that understanding could be a really good thing.
1: Absolutely. 100%.
0: For more info about the career areas we've mentioned today, I'm going to add some relevant links to the episode description and a link to the full transcript of today's show. But Harpal, thank you so much for coming in and making the journey up here. It's been you really You're welcome. Interesting Thanks for the talking. invite. Thanks for joining us this week on What Do You Actually Do? This episode was hosted by myself, Kate Morris, and edited and produced by the Careers and Placements team. If you love this podcast, spread the word and subscribe. Are you eager to get more tips? Follow University of York Careers and Placements on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All useful links are in this episode description. This has been produced at the University of York Careers and Placements. For more information, visit york.ac.uk forward slash careers.